Hello again, everybody. Thanks for joining us on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and you're listening to Moving Up the Ladder. Now, speaking of looking to advance in your career, have you noticed you've been a little more busy and not so productive? Well, that's going to be the topic that we're talking about today with Corey Kogan. Now, she is one of the authors of a new book called The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity, and she joins us to give us some insight on how we can all do that. I think a good place to start and a fair question I think a lot of people ask is, what really is the difference? And I'm sure this is at the the crux of what you get to with some of the details in your book. What is the difference between being busy and being productive? Can you sweeten it up a little bit, just a little nutshell what the difference is? Yeah, it's a great uh, question to start with because uh, there's a lot of energy out there. The people see that and think about that. People uh, are addicted to busy. It's a new badge of honor Mm. where, oh my goodness, I was so busy. And what happens at the end of the day, they're sort of looking inside themselves and saying, well, I was so busy, but what the heck did I get done? So we've got this feeling, it seems, as a running 100 miles an hour, that being busy is productive. You meet somebody in the hallway and you go, oh, how's your day? Hey, well, gosh, I'm so busy. You know, it's, it's this badge of honor. What people need to stop and think about is productive and reframe that into thinking at the end of the day, it really should be, you know, I was crazed. I had a million things happen, but boy, I got the two or three or four things done that were really important today. So that's the difference. Well, no, I I love some of the points you brought up there. And I think that is something that many people can relate to. Uh, And we'll get into some details as far as how we can change that mindset really and and focus on the productive aspect. What role does urgency play and how can an individual use that to parlay themselves into more productivity versus, as you said, the whole idea of, well, I've been busy all day. Where do we kind of change that mindset or how can we change that? Well, the first part that you asked was about urgency. So that's what we need to tackle first and people need to get their head around. And I really mean it, uh, really get conscious uh, using their brain, which by the way, is the most important time management tool there is in the (laughs) 21st century is your brain since we're pretty much paid to think. So Hmm. the problem is with urgency, our brain is wired to avoid threat and look for reward in that order. And the brain is in, as we write in the book, is in two parts, the thinking brain and the reactive brain. And we tend to survive through the reactive brain. It's mindless. It is attracted to anything that isn't the norm. It, uh, it does all of that. So the dings, the pings, the I need it right now, right. our reactive brain, which was really built to, you know, ward off the saber-toothed tiger, just reacts <laughs> to all of that. Plus, we feel accomplished there sort of in a pseudo kind of way because The dings and the pings also release a little dopamine, which is, you know, the feel-good drug in our brain, the neurotransmitter that goes right to the reward center. So all that urgency sort of feels good, and we keep going for it mindlessly until we realize that, yes, we are busy, but at the end of the day, does busy really equate to productive? Right. So... That's the urgency thing. And then there are ways where we can rewire our brain to get the same reward by creating different habits. So do you suggest then people turning off those, as you said, bings and pings that really alert us to those supposedly urgent matters? I'll tell you, I do. Listen, and I'm human too. So I, you know, right now I'm talking with you, all my sounds are off because this is not a moment. (laughs) I'm concentrating on you. It's really important. I will tell you the goal should be to turn it off. 
And I'll tell you, the number one biggest problem out there today is human connection. Whether it's at work with your team, with an employee, whether you have one or a hundred or your family. Social connection, as we talk about in Choice 5, is a basic human need. Mm -hmm. And when you're busy texting at the same time or being distracted because your phone is ringing or something's dinging while you're trying to talk to another human being is probably the worst thing you can do in the world. So I say, turn it off and you'll have a more productive life. Similar to that point, I would say, is this idea of going for the extraordinary versus just being ordinary, so to speak. Uh, you know, a lot of people think about multitasking. And as you said, again, you might be in your mind getting more done, but is that really being productive? How do you find that balance? How do you allow yourself? Because in my mind, taking that extra time to be extraordinary versus just getting stuff done. You know, there's an investment here. And mm -hmm. when we talk about the five choices, none of this is easy. And really, even just starting from the beginning where we need to act on the important, don't react to the urgent, right. go for extraordinary, don't settle for ordinary. And it really does take the work of getting a process in place, like we outlined, of discernment, being really conscious of all of the incoming. Second, or, or, and even first, get, getting really clear on what is really important to us and then putting the disciplines, the, the planning disciplines in place to really execute on them. And is that going to take a little time? It's going to take a little time. But once you get it going, the return on that time, or what we call the return on the moment, ROM, is going to be significant. And I'll tell you, again, the goal is people will go to sleep at night feeling like I was crazy busy, but I got a few really important things done that I had planned to get done at work and at home. And I'll tell you, sometimes for me, because things are so crazy, sometimes even just getting that one email that needed some quality attention, mm -hmm. I go, wow, I finally got that out. <laughs> so, you know, you got to take a little time to make this happen. You've mentioned a couple of times the idea of the five choices. And the next one that I have in front of me was the idea of schedule the big rocks, don't sort gravel. What does that mean exactly? So this is iconic for Franklin Covey. The big rocks represent the important things in your life. And the gravel represents all the little things that might be little and maybe unimportant and irrelevant. And what happens is if you take this is a, a, a very famous experiment, if you take a bucket and you put all the gravel in, and then challenge somebody to put all the big rocks in and fit it all in the bowl, there's no way to do it. Hmm. But the aha is when you change that paradigm, you take a fresh bucket and you put the big rocks in first, and then you pour the gravel in on top of it, it all fits in the bucket. Ah. So the metaphor, the point is, get the big rocks in your calendar first, and then the gravel will fall in around it. All the smaller things will fall in around it. So with that, in choice three, we have what we call the 30-10 promise. This is where you were talking about the investment of time. Sure. Take 30 minutes before the week starts to be quiet, you know, get quiet, calm, and think about what's, re you know, what's really important based on the work you did in choice one and two, and get into your calendar before the gravel starts coming on Monday morning. Get those few most important things that need to get done that week in your calendar on a specific day at a specific time. And by doing that, you will raise the probabilities of accomplishment by two to three hundred percent of those activities. Wow. So that's that's big rocks and gravel. 
And I love that illustration, as you said, the kind of famous, well, for a lot of people, famous illustration, the idea of the, the gravel and the rocks and which go first. I think that is a, a tremendous picture for people to think of and how that does work. I mean, it literally does work that way. And, and just the correlation to our everyday lives. You alluded to technology a little bit earlier, of course, and talking about how we're all connected and you have all those alerts that are coming up. What are some of those challenges that people face with technology? Because on the flip side, technology can be a great thing for productivity as well. When we started thinking about what the newer solutions are to productivity in the 21st century, we started with the paradox and we said it's both easier and harder than ever to achieve extraordinary productivity. And we said it's easier because of technology. I mean, it really is quite amazing mm -hmm. when you think about it. And we said it's harder because it created this unstoppable flow of everything coming at us, demands, the world shrunk, and really big accessibility, no longer an eight-hour day, you know, 24 hours a day, you know, kind of thing. Right. So, you know, between the dings and the pings, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, if I just get that app, you know, that'll help <laughs> me. So people now have hundreds of apps on their phone yep. that are just wasting space. It can be, be a detriment. And, you know, one of the things we advise in rule your technology, don't let it rule you, very simply is get conscious about all those apps on your phone and get rid of them and find the, the few that are really important that will really help you out, like a health app or for me, I travel a lot, a good travel app and, uh, you know, detox your apps. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of people can appreciate and uh, really kind of connect with what you're talking about there. So hopefully they'll kind of clue themselves into what you're talking about as well. Now, the last choice uh, that you have listed here is fuel your fire, don't burn out. Explain that a little bit. You know, I mentioned earlier, the key tool, the number one tool for time management in the 21st century is the brain. Because we're in the knowledge worker age. We're paid to think, to innovate, to create and execute. Whether you're a small business, an entrepreneur, a solo you know, person or a large organization, we're doing those few things. And so even with all of the choices, one through four, it takes mental work, decision-making, because really the five choices is the process by which you really hone your skills around decision management and attention management okay. in an age of unprecedented distraction. Mm. So fuel your fire is really the energy drivers that it takes to give your brain the right amount of oxygen and the, uh, you know, the amounts of good glucose that's required in order to have sustainable thinking power, you know, morning, noon, and night. So fuel your fire, don't burn out. Move, eat, sleep, relax, connect. You know, we ask our listeners to pick one or two that you can really handle. Like, for instance, move. The research in the book is astounding. Move is the new smoking. Even if you work out, if you sit at your desk all day, you're negating the effects of the workout. Hmm. I'm standing right now because <laughs> when I'm talking to you because you are 7% cognitively better when you are standing than sitting. So implement some of those drivers in order to really drive your ability to make high value decisions and stay focused on what you're doing. I love that statistic there. I, I've often thought about standing up for doing our shows as well. You may have uh, convinced me with that. I'll have, to, I'll have to look into how we can make that work. Yeah. The other thing that people bring up oftentimes, and I sometimes feel this way as well, is the thought that, well, I do well when I'm under pressure and I have a lot of things going on and I have these tight deadlines and you, know, you might procrastinate a little bit because it gives you that sense of urgency. 
Does that work for some people? Is it always going to be a, a, a poor decision to do that? What's kind of your thought process with the whole idea of being under pressure and that actually helping you? As an author and a practice leader, I, I never, ever say to anybody, oh, you have to do it exactly like this sure. or, or you're wrong. You sure. know, everybody has to, what, whatever works for people so that they go to sleep and feel accomplished at the end of the day. <laughs> Having said that, procrastination and, uh, you know, feeling like I do my best work under pressure is all about the drugs. I don't mm. believe people do their best work when they leave things to the last minute or they wait for the adrenaline buzz for pressure. Right. Only because without boring the audience, I know a lot about the effects of stress, both on the phys physical and mental performance. And I also know from my own experience that when I wait till the last minute to create something, if I don't have time to review it, look at it, 100% of the time, I'm not handing in my best work. So I've actually rewired my brain to not go, nah, I'll wait till last <laughs> minute. I'm now terrified that if I don't plan it and don't leave some time between when I start something and when it's due to fix it, to make it better, I'm going to be in trouble. So this is a great thing for people to do is to really get conscious about, are they procrastinating? Are they feeling like I do my best work under pressure and rewire that, do a little planning. And if, even if you're good, you're good, you know, People are good at what they do. They're going to be greater for it. Corey, you've given us some great information, and I think you've given some excellent examples as well of how that you know people can be effective positively and negatively by just changing their thought process. But I'm sure there are still listeners out there thinking, you know, I'm just so far down this road. I don't even know how to rewire my brain. I don't know where to start. What would you give them as a, a good takeaway from this to at least give them that jump start and say, hey, this is a good place to kick off the new year? I really think just practice it. If you're going to pick one thing, because in, in the book we say that, we say don't overwhelm yourself, pick one thing. So I'm going to give you two. The one thing to start yourselves off is to start to feel yourself working from the thinking brain, to start to get, to practice really getting conscious of the incoming. So be more conscious of your email, be more conscious when your phone is buzzing, meaning, think about it. Do I really need to answer that? Can I leave it alone? But start sort of feeling yourself get more intentional. And I think that's a great place to start. The second thing is to help that is go to choice five, pick one of the energy drivers so that you will really enhance your brain's ability to work from the front of the brain, not the back of the brain. That to me is a baby step although it's a tremendous step to take. And once you can sort of feel yourself in your thinking brain, then start implementing one thing at a time, starting in choice one. Corey, some excellent insights, as well as some practical guidance for those listening. And hopefully they do take it to heart and start changing that perspective a little bit. Thanks a lot for coming on and sharing with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great year. Once again, that was Corey Kogan. She is Franklin Covey's Global Practice Leader for Productivity. And Corey is also one of the authors of the book, The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity. So hopefully you, the listeners, can take away some of her advice from today. If you do want to reach out to us with some of your own feedback, send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or reach out to us on Twitter at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.